You are listening to TLRStation.com. Worldly Connections is all about bringing magic into your life. Janet Wizawadi, visionary coach and consultant, is on a mission to empower people to keep moving forward, have a vision, and trust that something good will come of it. Worldly Connections inspires listeners to live happy and be happy through the power of conversation and positive energy from Janet and other experts who believe that life is a team sport and when you work together, miracles happen. And now, here is your host, Janet Wizawati. Thank you for tuning in to Worldly Connections, where we believe life is a team sport and when we all work together, miracles happen. But how do we know who to work with? What people to connect with? What books to read? I'm outrageously curious about just about everything. We just don't know what we don't know. And today, I have a guest to share some more information with us, and it's Dr. Sergio William Sadas. Hi, Sergio. Hi, how are you doing? Nice to be here with you. Great. I'm so excited to have you today. Uh, This man is an amazing man, and I could go on forever about him, but I'm going to uh, read his bio for you all so that you get a better picture of who Dr. Sergio Sadas is, and uh, then we're going to go on and talk about his book and possibilities. Dr. Sergio William Sadas is a best-selling author and international high human potential trainer. He uses intentional possibility to cause positive transformation in life, communities, and organizations. Funded by NASA, U.S. Air Force National Science Foundation, and Conatech, Dr. Sadas received two master's degrees and a Ph.D. in robotics and computational design from Carnegie Mellon University. There he worked on numerous initiatives, including ASE, Automated Simultaneous Engineering, and DANTE, D-A-N-T-E, the first robot in history to enter a live volcano in Antarctica. That's cool. Under graduation, upon graduation, he traveled into Mexico in a quest to improve education, Manufacturing Quality of Life. He held a number of high management positions in Philips, Montemont, and Tecmatic, and also founded companies to develop state-of-the-art robots and vision systems for the automotive industry. He is a well-known author of numerous initiatives that resulted in millions of dollars of savings, including the first robot and vision systems to automatically inspect automotive frames in North America. His passion for education led him to Tecnico de Monterrey, one of the leading universities in Mexico. He was head of Mechatronics Academic Program and Doctor of Strategic Programs, where he launched initiatives would inspire freshmen into active learning by engaging the design and construction of robots that could perform tasks in the real world. His constant commitment to the betterment of life won him the recognition of Pittsburgh Aid Alliance for Initiative Development and Education for his contribution to robotic technology and education in Mexico. For over 20 years, Sergio has studied and engaged in possibility and cognitive science to create engagement, intrinsic motivation, creativity, learning, increased self-confidence and resiliency in students, adults, and organizations. His work in learning through understanding and possibility influenced the design of a national program to develop science, confidence, resilience, 
and passion in first-year undergraduate students. He has been a keynote speaker and trainer for corporations, governments, TEDx, universities, and nonprofit organizations seeking to use the power of possibility. I think we know a little bit about you, but that's not the real person. That's just all you've done. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I think that you're doing amazing work. And I remember the stories when we were training with Jack Canfield about the, the programs you put on the summer with kids to learn how to make robots, but you didn't really teach them. You just let them go for it, right? Yes, exactly. That's what, that's what it's all about. Help them learn through understanding and really, really venture out there and, and challenge themselves. And your TED Talk that you did in Chennai was awesome because you, you taught people uh, the science and, and stuff around things that we could teach in what? In one session that you did that you take years in university, but really the, the dynamics of it and the reason of it, correct? Yeah, that's uh, what it's about is let's use the way that our brain really learns to teach. And that's what we were talking about. That's something that I call context-based learning. But it's teaching the other way around. Let's first understand and then we can learn the, the concepts and things like that. And that's been very cool. That, that kind of work was very, very cool. Wonderful. But you have a best-selling book out on Amazon now. It's called Intentional Possibility. So what is Intentional Possibility? Well, intentional possibility is is something that everyone that's listening right now, you and I have. It's it's an ability we have, an innate ability we have to create realities. But uh, let me explain this a little bit better. I'm going to tell you a story of a friend of mine, Rosa Ramirez. Um, Rosa Ramirez, 20 years ago or 20-odd years ago, she two of her children were born with con congenerative heart disease. And what that means is they really need doctors, they need operations, their babies are just born, and they need a lot of treatment. Now, at that time, her husband had just left his job and was starting a business, so they didn't have health insurance. But fortunately, and in Mexico, uh, health insurance is not free. You, you actually have to pay for either health insurance or pay for the hospital bills and doctors and everything like that. So fortunately, her parents had some money and had money and were able to support that and were able to help her out. But she became very sensitive to all the mothers and all the families that are not in the same condition. And there are a lot of babies that every year die because they have congenerative heart disease, but they don't have the money to pay for the treatment. So she declared a possibility that every single child with a congenerative heart disease will receive the proper treatment. And she declared that as possibility. Now, once she did that, she set out to help one family. And she started to raise the money and she got doctors and she uh, struck a, uh, agreements with the hospital and was able to help one, one family, but one child. But she realized that that's not going to cut it. So she declared the possibility, and then she started to share it with people. She got people excited. Doctors, really well-known doctors, started to donate their time. Nurses donated their time. Early, uh, orderlies donated their vacation time. And 20 years later, there's actually a nonprofit organization called Adanek. They raise millions of dollars a year, and they launch campaigns throughout Mexico. And they go to homes that do not have the money, uh, low-income homes, low-income families. And they actually find these children and help them. And it all started because she made a declaration of possibility and she lived it as if it was. So it wasn't a vision. It wasn't a project. It was just the possibility that every single child 
that with a congenitive heart disease will receive that treatment. And that's the power of possibility. And that's the power that you and I have. And that's the power that everyone that's listening has. Yeah, I uh, when I was reading the book, it just gave me so many ideas. And, and uh, you talk about in the book about can't, won't, and can. And so I started doing a talk at... Uh, just a luncheon talk about having people do that, having a little piece of, of uh, index paper and telling what they can't do and then they won't do and how can they. And uh, it's it's pretty powerful when you ask those questions because that is the possibility, right? It's in the questions. Well, it's in the question. There's also a very simple framework. See, uh, when I first became aware of possibility, uh, I started to ask myself, well, what is it and how does it? how do we do it? And it's actually very simple, and everyone has done it. If you've ever organized a party, if you've ever said we're going to have a party, what happens is you declare the party. You say we're having a party on Friday, and you start living it as if it is. Now, once you live it as if it is, you don't live it as there's a vision of a party or there's a big project of a party or or let's form this committee to do. No, you just live it. We're having a party on Friday. And you start sharing it, and then people live it as if it's true, and they start imagining what they're going to wear and what they're going to bring. They even start thinking about the person they don't like. I don't know <laughs> if it's ever happened to you. You think about the person you don't like that's going to be there. And so it all becomes real in your mind. And that's the power of it. But there's a very simple method, and that's something I describe in the book, but I'd like to share it with you and your audience. If you, uh, I'd like oh, to awesome. share the, 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 the framework with you guys. That'd be wonderful. And it's six simple steps, correct? Yeah, it's very simple steps. And I'll tell them uh, to you. One of them is the first one is declare possibility. So you think about the ideal world, your ideal company, your ideal working environment, uh, your ideal community, your ideal family, whatever really calls you. But you imagine it as something ideal, as if it already is. Okay. Now, once you do that, you declare it in possibility. You start living it as if it is. And uh, so you start living that nice working environment or acknowledgement or whatever. But then you have to think about one project. And you think about one project within this definition or declaration of possibility. And the project, I invite you to think about something that impacts between 50 and 200 people. Now, most of us, when we talk about 50 to 200, it's, it's overwhelming or it's bigger than us. And that's the idea. That's what I call the possibility challenge. So you come up with a project that's going to impact between 50 and 200 people that's within this possibility. And then you're going to enroll volunteers. You're going to get 20 people to, to, to make it their own and enroll them and start this conversation. You're going to start think, uh, seeing people that are going to say, I'll raise the funds or I'll make the posters or I'll do this or I'll do that. And they take it on. Sooner or later or soon, that project that you create is going to have a life of its own. So you start with the declaration of possibility. You, you declare a project that impacts 50 to 200 people. You enroll volunteers. You enroll people into the possibility. Then you make your plan. You take action. And you make sure that every step of the way you're celebrating. You're just celebrating everything, everything, everything. And through this process, live this process, incredible things happen. And the most amazing thing is that you become the person you need to be to make amazing things happen. Wow. And that's that's the framework of possibility. So now the steps that you're going through are the declaration, uh, declare a project that will impact 50 to 200, enroll volunteers, make a plan, take action, and celebrate every step of the way. Yes, exactly. 
pretty now, cool. We, isn't it? It's very simple. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. Now, it's also very powerful. Like uh, some people ask me, well, where have they used it? And I've had people that have used possibility to create a wonderful, nurturing, supportive working environment. Uh, and they tur- totally turned it around. So from being an environment where they really didn't like it that much and they weren't that motivated, suddenly they took it on themselves to create a, an awesome environment. And they did. I've had companies use this to create a caring relationship with their customers, a two-sided caring relationship, a loyal relationship. So customers care about them and they care about their customers. Um, families have created this in their communities. Uh, moms and dads, parents have created the possibility that parents have a night out. So they started a project where instead of carpooling, they do babysit pooling. Um, I teach this also at the university. Universities are using this to develop self-confidence in students and develop uh, self-efficacy and also develop resiliency, the skills to actually confront and face uh, face adversity. So they're using it. And last semester or last year, yeah, last semester, I taught this to 60 kids or 60 freshmen. They were first year uh, college students. And they took on their projects that ended up impacting 2,000 people. They took on the possibility challenge and they impacted the lives of 2,000 people. But the most amazing thing is what happened with them. See, when you take on this challenge, number one, you become significant because you're helping people. Um, You're forming a community around you, which means you have a sense of belonging. And the other thing is you realize that you have everything you need to be able to take these big challenges on and find the people that will help you or find the resources or take the action or whatever it is. You learn to intentionally face adversity because you're intentionally creating an adversity by taking on a bigger project. You learn to let it go, which gives it a life of its own. So you start learning all these skills and ability and you transform yourself into this awesome and amazing person you are. And that's, uh, I mean, that's what we've been living the last few years. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, especially with the students, right? With the freshmen, it, it can, it just is like a domino effect, right? If they've got it, then it goes to their, to the people they're around and, and that. So, uh, Sergio, we're just going to take a short break. It's I want to come back and I want you to expand more on, I know there's about tokens and, and how it's done. We've talked about how that they've done it, but if you can give some examples of how they've, they've managed to turn businesses around, relationships around, and uh, about how your freshmen took their, uh, their project on. Great. Okay. When we return... We're going to be talking to Sergio Sadas, Dr. Sergio William Sadas, and about possibilities. And he's going to talk a little more about how. We talked about what they did, but not the how. So we're going to go into the how after the break. Need to book an appointment with a holistic health provider or find resources and products in Edmonton and surrounding area? Not exactly quite sure who to contact or where to begin your search? Your Holistic Earth is the only online holistic marketplace that connects people like you who need help to the holistic health practitioners who provide a complete range of professional services and products. Look no further. Your Holistic Earth is your online holistic marketplace for a healthier and happier you. For everything holistic, visit yourholisticearth.ca. That's yourholisticearth.ca. 
Welcome back to the second half of Worldly Connections on the TLR station. Before the break, we've been talking to Dr. Sergio Sadas, and he's been talking about possibility. And we were talking about the students that he, uh, the freshmen that he took through a uh, possibilities course, about businesses that have done uh, the possibilities and changed the environment of their business and relationships. So now, Sergio, can you tell us how they did that? I know you told them they did it. And in one part of the book, you talk about tokens. And so what other tools are they using to make these possibilities happen? Okay, well, let me tell you some of the stories that they've done. For example, uh, some of the students went off to a community, and we have a lot of very low-income and poor communities around here, uh, around Monterey, Mexico, where I'm located. So they went and visited, and they realized a number of things. One of them, these are, uh, these are uh, freshmen, but they realized, for example, they went off to a hospital, and they noticed that there were a lot of people sleeping outside of the hospital. They were just laying down on, on the floor outside of the hospital. And it's people that come a long way to a public hospital in Mexico, and they have their their relatives staying there for 30 days, but they don't have enough money for a hotel, for food, for anything. So they're just staying there. So they created the possibility that they are well-treated, that they're taken care of, nurtured. And they came up with a project. They raised funds, and they started to take food to them. And uh, so they had you had these students... Uh, taking food, feeding all these people, and then they started to put tarps and things for people to be protected from the sun and stuff like that. Now, these are the, some of the freshman students. Some others went to a community that is farther away and actually helped 50 families around there. But let me tell you something, how you can combine, for example, engineering with possibility, and then we'll talk a little bit about how you can combine it in your workplace. But some of the older students in engineering, I teach engineering, um, they went to a community and they realized that uh, there is a lot of outhouses, okay, out there. And the problem is everything they do filters into the ground and then filters into the rivers. And that's where they get the water from, so they get sick. So once they realized that, they created the possibility of a uh, better life for them. And what they came ended up coming up with is they invented or they came up with or they designed an outhouse that actually collects everything. Now, once they were able to collect it, they were also they also put uh, solar panels so they could put those little electronic mosquito and fly, uh, whatever it is that scares those away. So they put that in there. But then with everything they collected, they were able to get methane gas with which they actually help in the stove so they can actually cook with that. Then they also, because it was collected, you eliminated the problem of filter and filtering into the ground and water. And then what they ended up doing is they converted all that into fertilizers. So they came up with this little outhouse now that's uh, that they can take on to the communities and uh, make a difference, totally make a difference. Other people said there are a lot of people are dying. Uh, well, actually, at a company, uh, there was a woman that said, well, I want a an environment where I feel appreciated and where everyone feels appreciated. And we all go to work and we really appreciate the people. But for some reason, we don't feel appreciated and people don't feel appreciated. So I don't know if you've ever heard of the book, Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. Not uh, that one, I haven't. Okay, it's a very good book. I recommend it. I highly recommend it. Uh, and they talk about that. Uh, so I talked to her about it. And I said, well, what's the possibility you're creating? And she said, I, I'm creating the possibility of a very supportive um, environment, work environment, where we are all happy and go in there and work and we feel appreciated. So I recommended this book. She reads it, and they talk about five languages. Each of us has different languages in which we feel appreciation. 
So the reason we don't feel it is probably somebody else is speaking a different language. For example, some of, the, of us like to be recognized. Others like to receive a little something. It could be a chewing gum. It could be a little chocolate or something just that you thought of me. Others say, don't give me any of that. Just sit down here and help me with what I'm doing so I can get it out. Other people say, spend time with me. So there's different languages. So once they did that, she gathered the whole company together. They read the book. and I mean, she had already read the book. And they started to create programs uh, of appreciation, personalized appreciation. They took the test that they have, and uh, they started to create programs that actually appreciated people in different ways by helping people out, by um, by bringing them things or giving them things or helping them to. So there were a lot of things that she did. And the whole environment, I saw her a couple months later, and she was just amazed. Uh, the whole environment, her work environment had changed, and people actually felt appreciated. And that's something very important when we go to work. So these are two examples of things that, that people have done, or three examples of, of things that people have done. Uh, intentional possibility allows you to really uh, spark the creativity if you're in design. So companies that are in design uh, or that are designing new products, if you declare the possibility of what you're after, a better world, better customer, better, better community, better environment, you will be very, very creative. And your project could be the project that impacts between 15 and 200 people, maybe end up in something that you develop for that. So these are some of the ideas of how people are using intentional possibility. But the other thing is in and of itself, even in companies, having the company or having the people that work in, in a company get together and declare a possibility that impacts the community or impacts outside, will help them through the process, through the intentional possibility challenge. They'll develop this self-esteem. They'll develop this self-efficacy. They'll develop this resiliency. They'll develop all the skills that we need. Because as you and I know, uh, self-confidence doesn't come from what people tell you outside. It comes from what you tell yourself from inside. So it's a whole exactly. process. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, especially about the, the business changing the environment, it didn't cost anything, right? You read the book and maybe the cost of a book or, or whatever. But I mean, really, the amount of time and money we spend on coffee and stuff like that with the, in, you know, the possibility and how she did it with the appreciation, it changed the environment, probably in, increased productivity and save the company some money even because when you increase productivity and there's positivity in the in your business everything changed the whole dynamics change and those students that that did this helping especially being engineers too it gave them probably uh correct me if i'm wrong but i think that that would give them a whole new scope of thinking outside of that box that sometimes we get in the university right yeah, that's exactly it. See, uh, I see students come into the walk into the university. I teach at a university. Uh, aside from speaking, or, or in addition to speaking, I I also teach at a university and um, engineering field. And I see them. Some of them come in motivated. Some of them come in scared. And some of them, it's a blend. It's a roller coaster. But until they're able to trust themselves and see that each person, each one of us, each one of them really has a voice and can make a difference, you won't dare do it. So school is now about the grades instead of about what can I do to contribute to the world and get my message and who I am out there. 
So by taking them through this process of intentional possibility, we eliminated the grade thing because that's not really the purpose of universities. And we allowed them to discover themselves. And now the university is just a means to an end. And the end is really what you are going to contribute as a student when you graduate or as an engineer or as a doctor, as an accountant, as whatever it is that you're going to be doing. And that's really, I think, where the shift came. And we noticed it with better projects that uh, the, the people that are going through this uh, and further semesters they actually do much better projects and they really take higher risks. So, yes, it's making a difference. It would be interesting to follow this group compared to the groups that were never in this project to see what their lives, how different their lives would be. Because I would expect their lives would be different because their approach to their schooling and everything would be so much different. Yeah. So that's a good idea. I think uh, I definitely, definitely, I think it's a good idea to to follow up with them and see what the difference is. Uh, there's aside from the book, there's a paper that people can download. Uh, I published a paper for the American Society of Engineering Education, and it talks about a resiliency program that we implemented in four states in Mexico. So it'll you can easily download it. Just look for Sergio Setas, and you'll get to that resiliency paper as well as the book. Uh, but I I really encourage people, if you're interested in taking this on, take it on. Make intentional possibility yours. Implement it in your organizations. Implement it in your universities and your schools. And uh, let's share the, 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 the experiences. Let's share the, the experiences and the challenges and the growth and everything else. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate together. And in that, uh, Sergio, can you just give us how people could get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you. Your book is on Amazon. Uh, and uh, But how else, if they want to get in touch with you or to book you for speaking, how would they do that? Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, you can reach me through my webpage, and it's Sergio Sedas. I'll spell this out, S-E-R-G-I-O. Sedas, S as in Sam, E, D as in David, A's and Apple, S's and Sam. So SergioSedas.com. You can reach me through there. Also give you my phone number, 956 in the United States, 956-904-5054. So 956-904-5054. And um, through my webpage, you can find me there. Facebook, I do have a Facebook page that I'm starting that's Intentional Possibility. So you can also leave me a message there. I'm just starting to populate it and et cetera. So bear with me there. Um, but if we get interaction, I'd love to hear what you're doing and, and what people are doing with this. So I think those are the three best ways to reach me. Well, I want to thank you, Sergio. This has uh, been very interesting and I always love talking to you. And I do, I do like the book. Um, it just brings more memories back about how we created when we were doing our training together as well. And I'm so happy to see what you're doing out there. And there's a research project for somebody. I really think, you know, looking at those uh, freshmen uh, from some that don't take the course to some that do and see the difference that it can make. Maybe more of the universities uh, in North America will take that on. I love it. I love the idea. I love mm -hmm. the idea. So um, with everyone that's listening, just take it on, make it yours. Let's see intentional possibility. Uh, let's touch the lives of a million people together. Well, thank you, Sergio. And uh, I'll be talking to you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to Worldly Connections here on TLRStation.com, powered by Tenacious Living International, where it's all about living outside the box. Have a great day, everyone, and tune in next week and prepare to be inspired. 
Are you interested in appearing on Worldly Connections, ready to work together and make miracles happen? Then Janet wants to hear from you. Contact her at Janet at FamilyConnect.com. That's Janet at FamilyConnect, spelled C-O-N-N-E-K-T dot com. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Tune in next week, same day and time.